You're all trying to make me cry before I get up here. Thank you. I like, yeah, I can't even. My heart is so, so full. I love you all so much. Um, I am honored to just be family with you guys. So thank you for all of that. I like, yeah, I'm like really overwhelmed. Um, best birthday ever. <laughs> you didn't know you were coming to my birthday party, did you? <laughs> this is amazing. Um, but honestly, I feel like um, I have, I don't know, I kind of have like, I've been a little weird with my birthday, like leading up, if I'm totally real. I'm just like, oh man, I'm 32, cat's out of the bag, I'm 32. And I was like, yeah, okay, these are getting less fun, I don't know. And, um, but I just, I woke up this morning so stoked to be here and to get to speak to you all and to just get to see you. Like honestly, family, you are like my best birthday gift I could ever ask for. So I just wanna say that I love you. And honestly, there's nothing else I would rather do than to get to stand here and encourage us around God's word today. Like I just can't think of anything better. So I really believe that God wants to encourage us today I really believe that God has something special for each and every one of you today. And um, so if it's okay with you, I'd love if we could just dive right in. Is that all right? Awesome. Okay, well, I'm just going to pray over this, and um, we're going to get to work. Lord, I thank you so, so much. Um, You are the ultimate encourager. (laughs) Like, you're out of control. Um, We love you so, so much. And God, I thank you for your word. Father, I thank you that... It is live and active, God. Lord, I thank you that it can speak to all of us in this room, God, and it can speak to us directly where we're at. So God, I thank you that you see every heart. Holy Spirit, I give you, we we invite you. We invite you to just have your way, Father. Wherever we're at on this journey with you, God, Father, I ask that you would just encourage us, inspire us, and allow us to just take one more step. In Jesus' name, I pray, and we pray, and we say, let's go for it. Amen? Amen. Amen. I love it. Well, this week I have been in, um, does anybody have like a favorite Bible story? It's okay. You're allowed to have favorites. Like there are certain stories that might just resonate with you during the seasons of your life, and there's one story that I just keep coming back to you. This is a story that I guess you could say is a family favorite for us. This is a story that, um, honestly, God spoke so clearly through uh, for Craig and I as um, he really commissioned us to come to San Francisco and start to build church with you all. So this is a story that is near and dear to our heart. This is a story that is really deeply woven into the fabric of house. Honestly, and so um, without further ado, we are going to be in the book of Joshua today. Is that all right? We're going to go OT, but it's so good. I promise you, you're going to love it. If you're there in your Bible, just give me a wave. Awesome. You can use your phone. You can use good old physical Bible. Um, But we're going to dig in. But before we do, I want to give you a little context to this scripture. So Joshua, who is he? Joshua, and at this time, um, at this time, this is in the Old Testament, and the Israelites have been wandering around the desert for about 40 years. 
don't know if you guys are familiar with that background, but have you heard of the guy named Moses? Okay, Moses, yes, good. So he parted the Red Sea. This was an incredible leader for the Israelites. He literally led them out of Egypt, and, and the promise was to take them into the land that God had for the Israelites. Well, when we roll up on the scene here in Joshua, we, um, we, we actually learn that Moses has passed away. So it's time to pass the mantle to a new leader. And that person is Joshua. So we're just going to dig right in. This, is, this has been uh, phrased a bunch of different ways. It's um, the commissioning of Joshua, the call of Joshua, but we're just going to dig right in. So Joshua 1, you can follow along on the screens as well. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all the people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where, you're, where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river of the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I really feel like that's for someone's heart right now. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Be strong, verse 6, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. What a call. What a what a mission, what a promise given from God. I need you to know that God will always be your constant source of encouragement. He wants to encourage you. He's got a call for us, a purpose for us, a mission for us. And there's a couple of things that um, we've got a little bit of scripture to go through, and I think the easiest way is to kind of just put a theme over each little chunk of scripture that we're going to go through, just so we can really get the most out of what God is saying to Joshua, but also what God is saying to us right now in our current season. Because yes, there's, there's a context here, and we're going to go through that, and we're going to focus on that, of exactly what, Joshua, or what God's saying to Joshua and his people, but also God speaks through his word to us. So this is relatable to you. And you might be hearing this and thinking, I'm not leading any Israelites to anywhere right now. I don't know how this could possibly be relatable to me right now. But I'm here to tell you it is. 
Because up front, I want to just get this sorted. Up front, we all have a call on our lives. We all have purpose. We all have a mission. And I think, I don't know, this word call, it could be like very Christianese and like it can be a little, I don't know, you don't know what to do with it. And I think, I just want to address this up front that I think a lot of us can get so caught up with, well, what is my call? And wanting to know the nitty gritty specifics. But that's your assignment. That's your job. And I, I want to tell you that your assignment and your job may change from season to season. Just like Joshua, at one point, it looked like his assignment was leading people through the Jordan River. The next point, it looked like conquering Jericho. And it changed within the season, but the call was always the same. The mission, it was always the same. Your mission, it's all the same. To love God, to love people, and to point people to Jesus, to point people to hope, to point people to love, true, true love. That is our mission. That is our mission. And I'm sorry because I think there's been some teaching out there. I don't know. It just gets really confusing that we get so caught up with wanting to know the assignment up front. But that's not how God works all the time. A lot of times God just says go. God just says go and he'll unravel it as you walk this out with him. He is with you. He is for you. He will not forsake you. He calls you prosperous. You will be victorious. And you know what? He'll even do his end of the deal. He's going to hold up his side of the bargain. So you will be fruitful. But unfortunately, I think a lot of the times we think, oh, well, or maybe it's, I, it's easy to identify someone else's assignment. Like, okay, Amory. You're supposed to be a preacher, even though I've had a hard time getting on the same page with that sometimes. Or, Craig, you're supposed to be a leader. Okay, well, that's your assignment. But the greater mission is the same for all of us. And so my prayer is as we unpack this and we look to Joshua and the Israelites and, and kind of how they're walking it out with God, my prayer is that we would be immobilized to move down the path God has for us and empowered knowing that we have got a mission. You have been called by God. You've got purpose on your life, even if you don't feel like it right now. you got purpose. Okay, so is that good? We just need to clear all that up front. Awesome, wonderful. Okay, well, there's some other things that we learn about just this portion of scripture here. We see what Joshua's kind of call and mission was, to be strong and courageous and to follow God's lead. Really, if you boil it down, it's kind of that simple, to be strong and courageous and to just follow God's lead because he's got a promise. He's going he's gonna to lead them down and to inherit the promised land that they've so desperately been longing for. Like at this point, 40 years longing for to see. And so why be strong and courageous? Why is that part of the call? Well, here's the thing. Joshua isn't just hearing about this for the first time. 
This isn't a curveball moment for him. This is more just like a, okay, today is the day moment. Because we see back in Numbers 27 that God actually told Moses before Moses passes away, he's like, okay, I need you to start raising up the next generation. And you see your boy Joshua, the one that's been by your side, he is going to be the leader. That's who I choose. So Moses intentionally continues to bring Joshua along on the journey. He intentionally starts to invest in him and to teach him and to prepare him. All this happening behind the scenes. And then there comes a day where God's like, okay, now's the day I need you to commission him in front of all of the priests. In front of the community, I need to establish him as a leader. And so he does. Moses goes and he lays hands on Joshua and he commissions him. So Joshua knows, okay, God, like this is, this is my assignment, God. You've chosen me to do this. But this is the moment when then God himself commissions him. So there's an extra weight behind it. Man raises up and commissions, but God's the one that comes with the anointing and commissions Joshua. And, he, and I love it because every time God gives us a purpose, he couples it with his promises. Yeah. I love how encouraging God is in this. Not only does he say, okay, today's the day, we're doing it, it's go time. Not only does he equip him and tell him, okay, this is what you're gonna need to do, but he also gives some promises like this. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. He tells them that I will never leave you nor forsake you. He tells them that you are going to lead these people. Spoiler alert. (laughs) You're going to be successful. He tells them things like, I will be with you wherever you go. Church, those aren't just Joshua's promises. You got those promises too. I love it when Jesus commissions us in Matthew. And he tells us to go and make disciples, right? This is the leading people to Jesus and pointing them to hope and love. He tells them, I will be with you. You got the same promise. You've got the same promise. And then I love it. He just, God just shows his character. And these are three things consistently we see across this story. And I would encourage you to write them down. We see this about God's character. That God is faithful. That God is present. And that God is powerful. God is faithful. I will be with you. God is present. I will go with you wherever you go. And God is powerful. He's about to make a way where there is no way. And the second thing I think we can pull out of this before we carry on and read a little bit more in the scripture is he also shows us two constants that will keep us on mission, that will keep us and enable us to stay the course. What is it? Right here, verse 8. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. 
God's word. God's word is a constant that you can always hang to. God's word is a constant that will always guide you and sustain you. God's word is something that will guarantee to keep us on mission. The second is God's presence. I can't, I can't read this enough to you that God is literally saying, the God, the creator of heaven and earth is saying that I am with you, Ken. I'm with you, Alex. He is present. And there's two things, those same two things that will constantly sustain us are the two things that can only change us. God's word and God's presence. It's what... It's what ignites that strength. It's what ignites that courage. It's those two things that we gotta hold on to. So let's see how they did in all of this, how the Israelites did. We're gonna move to Joshua 3. But there's one thing I wanna say, and I think it's just important to bridge the gap before we go there and we see this moment in time when they actually do cross the Jordan River. But there's a theme here that I just want to speak to. You've got a mission. You've got a purpose. You've also got a course. God so clearly lays out the course. I mean, the Israelites were literally walking it out with God for 40 years. They knew that life was a journey. They knew that God was going to, well, maybe they weren't confident of this, but... But the truth was God was going to make a way. And I love that God lays out this path where he's like, okay, you're going to inherit the promised land, but this is the path I have for you, right through the Jordan River. Family, you have a course to stay on. You've got a, you've got a path, and hey, you know what? You might have taken a couple of detours. That's okay. Because God relentlessly pursues you and is so passionate about you. And he will, he will come and shepherd you and point you back down this path to your promise. To your promise. I heard it said one way, that we are spiritual beings on a spiritual journey heading to a spiritual destination. You've got a home, and that is heaven. You've got a purpose, and that's for now. But you've also got a path, and it's up to us to stay the course. To stay the course. But here's the thing. Like I said, sometimes we can get a little detoured. Or sometimes, I don't know, you just want to give up because you're tired of walking around for 40 years. Your feet are hurting. Like You can get a little tired along the way. But there's also another thing that I think can trip us up, and that's when obstacles approach. I want you to think for a moment, because this is personal. This is between you and God. What obstacle may you be facing right now? Is it health? Is it finances? Is it hurt? Maybe it's family problems. Maybe it's, I don't don't know what it is for you. But in this story, we see just that. We see an obstacle. The way to the promised land, they had to go through the Jordan River. 
If that's not an obstacle, physical obstacle, I don't know what is. So let me paint a picture for you, and then we're going to read and see how they did it. The Jordan River. This isn't just some cute little babbling brook somewhere. Okay, this isn't like a sweet little creek, and it's so quiet and serene. This is a rushing river. Okay, it says here in the Bible that this was actually during flood season. Flood season. Some scholars say that this river could have been as deep as 200 feet. This river was so wide and long. This river, they would have been staring at it for some time. And on the other side of this river was Jericho, another obstacle that the Israelites were going to have to conquer in order to get to their promised land. This river was huge. Okay, can you see it? Can you hear the rushing, rushing water? What causes, what rises up in you when you hear it? What rises up in you when you see that obstacle in front of you on your walk right now? Is it fear? Is it, God, if I'm looking at this, then where are you? Is it doubt? Maybe I took a wrong turn back there. I'm here to tell you that God can make a way where there is no way. And I'm here to tell you that your obstacle may very well be an opportunity to see God's miraculous power on display. And that's just what happened for these folks here. Okay, so Joshua 3. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Awesome. Okay, we're going to power through this. Awesome. So crossing the Jordan River. I'm going to pick it up in verse 2. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you've never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. I'm going to stop there for a second. This is language that might sound super foreign. We don't talk about arcs a lot these days, right? But the Ark of the Covenant was literally this box that they put the commandments in, the ones that Moses received, that manna, which was this miraculous food that fell from heaven while they were in the desert and sustained them, was in, and Aaron's staff was in this really beautiful box. But what's so crazy about this is that the ark normally was kept behind the scenes. Normally, the ark was considered to be so sacred that only like the holies of holies could see the ark of the covenant. So there's two things, that recurring theme I want to draw your attention to. Right here, God is leading the Israelites with his word, right? The commandments from God to Moses and his presence. Because you see that the Ark of the Covenant, the reason people wouldn't, they would keep it so distant was because they thought that people could literally just like that if they stood in front of its presence. And this was such a huge moment because God was telling everyone just how intimate he wanted to be with them and also how powerful 
he was, the fact that they got to stand there and witness the Ark of the Covenant themselves was a huge, huge moment. So they were to look ahead at his word and his presence, and that's what was going to usher them through. It's crazy. So I want to pick it up in five. uh, five. So Joshua tells all the people, and this is a lot of logistics. The reason it's a lot of logistics is because this was like two million people. This was a nation Joshua was leading through the river, not just like a sweet little connect group. Like, this was a big (laughs) nation, okay? So there's some logistics involved. That's why the officers had this role, the Leviticus priests had this role, and then the people had their job. Okay, Joshua 5. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things for you. I'm sorry, but I really feel like that's for someone here today. I need you to know, better yet, God wants to encourage you that God's going to do amazing things through you, that your greatest days are still ahead. No matter what you've left behind, there's only greater things ahead of you, okay? I need you to know that. And this, this word consecrate, again, it's not a word we use a lot, but really what it meant was to purify, to set aside, and to prepare. So just as Moses was preparing Joshua for this very moment, I want to ask you, how is God preparing you? How is God preparing you to take the ground that you need to take? How is God preparing you so that you can be strong and courageous when you come face to face with your own Jordan River? He's encouraging them with this. Prepare yourself. God's going to do amazing things. Amazing things among you. So pretty much I just want to keep this short. So Joshua then encourages everyone. He gives them a word from the Lord, encourages them, tells them, okay, this is how it's going to play out. But the Levitical priests are going to go out ahead. They're going to carry the ark, and then you're going to follow. Just logistics, okay? So they all make their way down to the Jordan River. And I love it because God comes through. They see this rushing river, right? We've all established this wasn't just a cute little creek. This is a big rushing river. They see it. The priests step out, letting God's word and God's presence lead the way. And you guys, God parts the river. It says the water goes up to one heap from one side, clears all this dry ground and water up to the other. He paves this wide path so no one gets left behind. And what I love is it says when they reach on the other side, every single person stepped on dry ground. They came out the other side completely unfazed. So this obstacle that might be in front of you right now, not only will God remove it, but you won't be harmed. God will protect you. God will He will make a way where there is no way. I want to encourage you that you are about to see, if this is you right now, and you can see that obstacle standing in front of you right now, you are about to witness a miracle. In Jesus' name, you're about to witness a miracle. That's the power of the river, guys. That's the power of the river, and we get to see those same constant truths that constant was God's word and God's presence was the one to lead him through it. 
I got news for you. You've got access to both right now. And we also see that God's character was the same. Was he faithful? That's like you can answer. Was he faithful? Yes, he was faithful. Was he present? Yes, he was present. And was he powerful? He was so powerful. He was so, so powerful. God will make a way where there is no way. And the last little theme that we see in this, in Joshua 4, I'm going to title this theme Legacy. Okay, so we've got the call. We agree we've got a course. We've got a path. There may be a river down this path. Doesn't mean it's the wrong path. Might just be setting you up for a miracle. But there is a legacy that we're meant to leave behind. I love what God does in this moment. He he instructs Joshua to tell the 12 leaders of the tribe to go back in to that river and pick up a stone each and bring it out. And then he instructs them in front of everyone to lay it down and to build an altar. An altar in this moment is literally just something to symbolize what God just did. And what he says is when your children ask you, what is all that about the next generation? When the next generation asks you, what is all that about? You tell them what your Lord, your living God did. They're leaving a legacy. What I also didn't tell you about these people in this moment, you know, I'd mentioned about Moses parting the Red Sea and the Israelites in this moment where God parts the Jordan River, what's crazy is this generation wouldn't have seen it firsthand what Moses did. It says that in this scripture that only Joshua and one other adult were the ones that would have had a firsthand encounter with that. So you guys, this was a new generation. And do you see in this legacy for this new generation what God puts on display? This new generation now experiences firsthand that God is faithful, that God is present, and that God is powerful. They then leave the altar behind so that the next generation will know the same. Church, I have something that has been in my spirit all week long. We are that new generation. We are that new generation. God is is leaning in. He is so, so relentlessly pursuing you. He is so proud of you. He's got this amazing mission for each and every one of us to accept. So would you stay the course? Would you say yes? Can you just sit and think for a moment what might happen in our world if our generation today stood tall? If our generation today was strong and courageous, if our generation today, no matter what was thrown in our way, was steadfast to follow God's word and God's presence, I'm here to tell you today that you can have a fresh encounter with this God. Just as those Israelites experienced him for themselves. Friend, wherever you're at today, God wants to encounter you. 
And I believe that we could be that generation that firsthand is like, you know what? God is healer. You know what? God is provider. You know what? God is savior. We could be that generation to then turn to those that are hurting or brokenhearted who feel like there is no way. And we can say, hey, look at this path God just trailblazed for me. Why don't you join me? We could lead them on as we lead them to Him. Would you want to be that generation? Do you want to leave a legacy that's greater and outlives your own life? I know I do. When I woke up this morning, I was like, okay, one more year. Well, hopefully more. But new year, I'm 32. God, I want everything you have for me. God, my answer is still yes today. God, I want to see there's more miracles. You've got more in store. We're just getting started here. We could be that generation. We could pave the way for the next. So my prayer for us today as we close, I have four things I'm praying for and believing for. One, we would accept the mission to love God, love people, and lead them to Jesus. Two, that we would stay the course. Don't grow tired. Don't grow weary. You're doing better than you think you are. Just stay the path, okay? Three, that we would be strong and courageous because you guys, it's contagious. It's contagious. And lastly, my prayer is that our path would leave a trail of heavy foot traffic behind us. This mission doesn't end with you. It begins with you. It begins with your yes. It begins with your yes, and it can then lead to someone else's yes. So let's live on purpose. Let's live for God and let's live our lives as an example for others. Let's stay the course, amen? Knowing that God will always be faithful, will always be present, and church, you will always experience his power, amen? Amen, I love it. Well, I'm gonna invite the worship team up. Should it be okay to just go ahead and stand for a moment? I'm going to ask you if you feel comfortable. If you would just lift your hand up. God, we give you our yes. God, we thank you that you are so, so good. And although we may not understand everything on our path, and although we still might be a little afraid of the obstacles that might come before us, Father, I thank you that you are good. 
I thank you that you are a miracle-working God. Lord, I thank you that you are faithful and that you are with us. And God, what you promised Joshua is the same for us, that you will be with us wherever we go. So Holy Spirit, would you lead the way? Just gently take our hand and guide us onwards and heavenward. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.